visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie. So up this hour, we have some cultural programs for you, cultural visa everywhere, and also our wonderful classical Chinese music program, Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, April 29th, and in the studio we have Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. Today we'll be talking about a face mask wedding, and also a new bookstore in town. The Causeway Bay Bookstore has been resurrected in Taipei, and we also hear about a controversial speaker at a campus and a hero who is a Taiwanese-American, the creator of the N95 mask, Peter Tsai. I'll be telling you all about him as he's come out of retirement to try to help out in fighting COVID-19. But before we get to all of that, we're going to feature a very special interview with the ambassador from Palau, Dilmay Okori. She talks about cultural exchanges between Taiwan and Palau, Taiwan and Palau have had diplomatic ties for over 20 years. Let's tune in to this special interview. It's been six years since you took office in 2014. Right. What do you like most about Taiwan? Well, that's a very good question, and there's so many things. Uh, so how can I start? Uh, let me start uh, first uh, saying that um, I prefer to be in Taiwan uh, because uh, it's very safe. And people are friendly. And the food is good. And then uh, the transportation system, it's easy to ride a bus or ride the MRT and the train. It's a um, very convenient uh, place to be. Ambassador Okorio says she hopes to promote culture exchanges between Taiwan and Palau. My impression my experience is uh, mainly with uh, indigenous artwork and um, dances, but uh, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, the art is very impressive. We have similarities with our uh, uh, dances and uh, singing. Uh, we also do dancing and singing in, in Palau, similar to the indigenous cultures here. Dancing and group singing. We do a lot of movement. Like the dances here, we have had a singers group and dancing group from Palau to visit Taiwan over the years. The last performance uh, Palau student did was during the, the Lantern uh, Festival um, in Taichung this year. I think it was in, if I'm not mistaken, in February. Yeah, we went, in fact, um, a group of our students danced two nights. Uh, and including the last night, uh, the closing ceremony of the Talantan Festival. It's a good way to exchange culture with the people of Taiwan and also, I think, uh, through uh, cultural exchange like that, we also strengthen our uh, friendship and relationship and also understanding of 
cultures between Palau and Taiwan. We can learn a lot from each other. For instance, uh, the preservation of language, uh, preservation of dancing and art. Ambassador Okario says she hopes Palau's young people will have the opportunity to learn from Taiwan's art education program. In Palau, uh, we have artists, but uh, very limited. School uh, curriculum is not very strong in arts, like here. So that's something that education uh, system in Palau would learn from Taiwan. We have talented uh, young uh, girls and uh, boys, young young men and women, boys and girls, uh, school students, but they need to learn more. They would benefit from what Taiwan is doing with uh, in schools, uh, with the arts and performance like dancing and singing. In the future, we need to promote more uh, cultural exchange uh, between Palau and, um, you know, like bring a group from here to Palau or hire a music teacher from Taiwan or dancing instructor from here. And that can be arranged and it can be done. It's like dancing group coming or band from Palau or band from Taiwan going to Palau. I enjoy listening to Taiwanese songs. I hear the the band playing. I enjoy, even though I don't understand. If they're singing, I don't understand the words, but I enjoy. Ambassador Okario says she wants to thank Taiwan for donating medical supplies to Palau during the COVID-19 outbreak. I want to take this opportunity to thank uh, the government of Taiwan and people of Taiwan for uh, helping Palau to become uh, prepared for this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. We got our test kits and uh, ventilators and uh, and PPEs uh, from Taiwan, and I'm forever thankful uh, for the donations of the government of Taiwan and people of Taiwan. Now let me tell you about the Taiwanese-American Peter Tsai, who's become a very important figure in the fight against COVID-19. He's the inventor of the N95 mask, which is used by most medical workers around the world. It is one of the most effective masks to protect against viruses and bacteria. He's been in the news recently because he has come out of retirement uh, to come t- to study safe ways to sterilize the mask for reuse because there's not enough masks going around. And um, he actually is 68 years old. He was retired. But, um, you know, seeing the current pandemic, he wanted to do all that he can to help. And Taiwan featured a story about him. He actually comes from very humble beginnings, from a farming family in Taizong. And uh, he went to school here in Taiwan at the Provincial Taipei Institute of Technology, where he studied chemical fiber engineering. And he actually worked here in Taiwan um, before going to the U.S. for a Ph.D. He was working at the Taiwan Textile Research Institute and later found work in a dyeing and finishing plant. But what changed his life was that he decided to enroll in a doctoral program at Kansas State University, And he became fascinated by his studies there, ranging from mathematics to physics and chemistry, and took over 500 credits, which is the equivalent of six doctorates. Whoa. 
So it's no wonder that he can come through with a breakthrough uh, technology. After he graduated with all that knowledge, um, he worked as a research scholar at the University of Tennessee. And in 1992, he led a team that developed the electrostatic filtration technology using an N95 medical face mask. And the N refers to non-resistance to oil, while the 95 means that they filter out 95% of airborne particles. And it was actually originally designed for industrial use, but has since been adapted for healthcare settings because it can protect against viruses and bacteria. He continued to develop the mask. In 2018, he developed a new approach to double the mask filtration capacity and allowing them to be produced in a more lightweight and breathable version. But he recently came out of retirement. Now he's working with N95DCON, which is a volunteer collective of scientists, engineers, and healthcare workers that collaborate on decontamination methods. And, um, you know, Ty's friends have joked that he's probably making a fortune after (laughs) all that he's um, invented. But he said, well, if I could choose, I would rather save 100 million lives than make 100 million dollars. So he said that money has never been his motivation. I think it's amazing that he took so many credits at school. And still, he's still working right now. Right. I think he just has an incredible passion for what he's doing. And now, of course, this is saving lives. So I think it's, it's great what he's doing. What do you think, Paula? I think he has been doing a great job. Yeah, I'm really proud of him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the pride of Taiwan. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. about a face mask wedding here in Taiwan. What was that all about? All right, it's called a face mask wedding. That's because the newlywed, they actually, you know, wore a face mask on their wedding day in court, right? That's because, um, you know, a a lot of people actually, a lot of people, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people uh, have canceled their wedding plans or canceled their honeymoons because right. you, you know you don't want to go abroad and you will be kept in quarantine yeah. for 14 days. <laughs> so um, you know, so this couple they got married on April 19. April 19 is really important because that's the last day that a court in the central Nanto County uh, will perform a civil wedding ceremonies for the general public. Oh, right. Our judicial yuan, which is Taiwan's highest judicial body, um, issued a notice to all local courts uh, telling them that because because of the COVID-19 outbreak, they should stop, they should suspend the the applications for, you know, getting a civil wedding, no ceremony. 
So this couple, they are very lucky. Um, they, I think they are the, they're the last couple to get the, the civil wedding ceremony. So they decided to go to the court um, April 19, and then they all wore a face mask, and the judge all wore a face mask. Um, so did other, you know, friends and relatives. I think in the government offices, you're required to wear a face mask, right? I think so, yes. So it wasn't for fun. It was for <laughs> yeah, we, for social distancing rules. We take things seriously. Right. Right. But I think it's kind of, you know, interesting because I saw pictures of the, you know, young couples wearing the face masks uh, in the newspaper. I saw those pictures too. I'm right. like, oh, poor bride. I mean, she looks really cute, but... Usually brides don't want to be covered up, right? Their right. faces. <laughs> okay, a new bookstore is open here in Taipei. Actually, it's an old bookstore resurrected. Um, uh, one of the managers of a former bookstore in Hong Kong called the Causeway Bay books moved to Taipei because he was getting persecuted in Hong Kong. And uh, he actually, along with uh, four other managers and, and people running that, were detained. So he came here and last weekend he opened this new bookstore. He's really, really happy. Um, this happened 20 months after his old bookstore was closed. And uh, this one is kind of small. It's on the um, 10th floor of a commercial building near the Zhongshan Station, which is not too far from where we are. And it has an area of only 66 square meters, but it has a wide range of books, anything from coloring books for children to volumes tackling politics um, and many forbidden books. I mean, books that are forbidden in China. And it sells books on Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement and on the situation in Tibet and he said that Taiwan is the last bastion for the Hong Kong people. It gives shelter and hope to the Hong Kong people. This is a bookstore by a Hong Konger, so I hope to see more friends from Hong Kong here. And actually, he was attacked last week. He had a paint attack, actually. Red, um, yes, he got splashed in you know, red paint, but red, he wasn't hurt. He wasn't hurt, but yeah. I guess it was a uh, dramatic warning, or he said that he believes Chinese authorities are behind it. It's nice to see that freedom is still alive and well here in Taiwan. What do you think, Paula? Yes, I, I agree. I mean, I think when he opened his bookstore, I mean, I mean, the bookstore was packed with his supporters, with the journalists, with I think some, you know, government officials also went there. Yeah. Right. We do want to support freedom of the press, freedom of speech here in Taiwan. And, and, and that's one of the values that we hold quite dear and democracy as well. So it's good that the government has let him stay here in Taiwan and reopen his bookstore. I think it, it means a lot. It says a lot about Taiwan society and our government here. That's a new um, bookstore in town. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm, what do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. Now, recently, a university had a very controversial speaker. Tell us about that, Paula. Okay, that's National Sun Yat-sen University in southern Taiwan. 
One uh, college, uh, one university professor there, um, he um, teaches politics. He's a political scientist, Professor Chen Shiyue. And he has a, a class called Modern Taiwan's Political Development. And then he introduced a guy who is extremely controversial. Uh, this guy, his name is Zhang Anle, but he has a nickname, which is even more popular than his Chinese name. His nickname is White Wolf. A so, lot of people have heard of him. Right, uh, this well, nickname. He's actually a you know former gangster. But anyway, this um, guy, um, White Wolf, he is the chairman of a political party called the Unionist Party, or also called Chinese Unification Promotion Party, because he supports Taiwan's unification with China. So this professor invited White Wolf, a former gangster who, who supports um, Taiwan's unification with China. So some people think that's not appropriate. And the, the university said, well, it's quite regrettable because, you know, White Wolf is quite controversial. I, we don't think he should be invited. The but university did not agree with it, did but not the professor agree did it anyway. Right, the professor did it anyway. But you would think that professor must, he himself must support, you know, uh, White Wolf's uh, political viewpoints. That's not the case. According to the professor's former students, this professor actually supports Taiwan independence. All he wanted to do is to present his students with, you know, different political viewpoints, right? So, so you know, just to offer different viewpoints. So he came to speak to his class or to the whole university? To, uh, to his class only. Oh, right. I see. Okay, that's interesting. It, it's kind of interesting. I guess it's pro well. It sounds a little bit weird because you know he's a former gangster, right? But um, I guess if if he is not doing anything illegal, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, inviting him to the campus to talk to students, and also according to the professor's former students, today's young people are really smart. You know, they won't be easily swayed by a person's you know political viewpoints. Oh, right. So that shouldn't be a problem. But so anyway, it has caused a. A controversy, <laughs> and the, the university's um, principal gave his apology. But there's an, another college professor says, well, there's no need to issue an apology because, well, you, we don't have to do self-censorship. So were parents upset? Um, I don't know whether parents are upset or not. Yeah, from what I read in the newspaper is, um, you know, didn't talk about you know, parents. I guess yeah. parents, uh, the kids are old enough to not have to right. be ruled by their parents. <laughs> but anyway, the controversy, you know, died down. I guess people don't really, you know, care, care that, that much. much. Yes. That's interesting. Well, I think it, it is a controversial pick for a speaker. Oh, yes. Because, definitely. I mean, a gangster, he's obviously has done illegal things in his right. life, right? It's not a role model for students. Right. Of course. <laughs> All right, so those are some interesting stories coming right out of Taiwan. And do stay tuned for our program's Cultural Visa Everywhere and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. And by the way, it is the very last episode of these cultural programs. So we hope that you enjoy them and join us next week for some very new programming. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Natalie Sip. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan.
，给头一个阿伯拢我来敬。Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Cultural visa everywhere. I am Auntie RTI. There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world. Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world. Goddess Mazu in March. Director Yen through Divine Block to finalize the Mazu program will be nine days in eight nights from April. Auntie RTI, look, my godmother is so popular. Who is your godmother? Ah, in Taiwan, the locals believe when children make Mazu the goddess their mother, the kids are safe. Whoa! Incredible! Mazu the goddess is devoted to and protecting the human beings like a mother. Even grown-ups would want to be her adopted sons and daughters. I am Catholic, so I am the daughter of God. <laughs> in Taiwan, we are free to believe in any religion. You are Catholic. Your next-door neighbor would worship Allah daily. Do people have to speak Arabic when they worship Allah? How can Allah understand everything? Oh, please! It's all about a faithful heart. Well, let me air an episode of radio drama with the celebrations of three major religions in the world. I will invite Jesus, Allah, and Mazu to make the orientation. Mazu, the goddess, I haven't seen you for such a long time. Jesus, I am so happy to see you. Your round trip time is coming. These nine days will be quite a challenge for you. <laughs> It's all right. Every year on Christmas Eve, you'd welcome your disciples and Vatican inside the biggest church, Saint Peter's Church, for the Christmas Mass led by the Pope. Prayers last until the midnight. Our religion began long time ago, which is why there are many disciples. They are fortunate. <coughs> ah, Allah, you are also here. I am everywhere. When talking about three major religious celebrations, Muslims are all very pious. Of course, every December 8th to 12th, for five days according to Islamic calendar, Muslims would go to Mecca to worship. Disciples would go counterclockwise around the Grand Mosque for seven rounds, circling the Kaaba. Whether it is kissing the black stone at Kappa, or throwing stones to the devils, taking spring water from the seepage, you'd find plenty of customs. For the fasting period of time, people are not allowed to eat, which requires strong and deep faith. We have the fast, so the disciples must be used to it. Indeed, Muslims would go for pilgrimage in Mecca once in their lifetime. Muslims is the second biggest religion of the world, but we have to admire Muslims more. 
pilgrimage of Nazo just started this year, but it has become the top three religious events in the world. It is indeed a very excited event with all the guns and drums plus firecrackers around. Certainly, we have to go through fasting. However, whenever Mazu pass by, much food will be complimentary for the disciples. I believe all of them have faith and hope after such pilgrims. <laughs> we are all part of such great beliefs. RTI, you are so creative that you have invited Mazu, Jesus, and Allah to play the leading roles. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be creative to attract audience for radio programs. <laughs> <laughs> Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and this is the last episode of Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes that I'll be hosting. Looking back on 1996, when I started this program, I was a bit nervous, but later I received a lot of encouragement from you. For example, this album that we featured today, I remember one of our old friends, Hannah Mills from USA, around 10 years ago, requested this tune, Have a Cup of Tea, Please. So here it is to you who enjoy listening to this program. Have a cup of tea.
have a cup of tea, please. When the musical instrument Sheng taking the lead, you're walking into a scene at a countryside. Then a silvery female vocal joins the Sheng, symbolizing the harmonic and peaceful relationship between man and tea. And coming up, we'll listen to A Mate's Mind. The female vocal is by Bai He, chorus by the Earth Chorus. Liu Qin instrument, which is a kind of plucked string instrument, is by Zhang Qiang.
This is Radio Taiwan International. 你現在收聽的是Radio but since to survive was the number one priority to all, they had no other choice but to accept the usually pernicious leases. But one day, when a poor boy wanted to lease a piece of farmland from a landowner, something different happened. They struck up a deal and signed a contract. The contract says the boy could still land for free, but he had to provide tea and a place to rest for people who travel past the farmland. And this became a tradition. So there it was, rain or shine, a cup of tea awaited all, ready to warm them up with a caring heart.
That piece was "Being True" lyrics by Ouyang Chen, the female vocal by Tan Qing, and chorus by Chinese broadcast chorus. The pipa or Chinese lute by Zhang Qiang, sheng or free reed mouth organ by Li Guanglu, and the electric guitar is by Liu Lin, and that folk. Song tells of a reserved feeling of love that is characteristic to Oriental dispositions. And next, we'll listen to expressions. This is rearranged from an ancient piece of ensemble, and it beautifully expresses the different feelings in relishing tea. Now, babbling water. Now, solitary flute. Now, running pipa. One can hardly follow its changing emotions. A special treat. This piece you're hearing is expressions. I'd like to thank you once again for being so supportive of Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes for the last 24 years. And for your information, I will still host another program on the line, and hope you will give me the same support. If you have any comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan, and our email address is rti at RTI.org.tw, and again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. It's time to take a bow, and I like to say thank you. This is Carlson Wang. Thank you again for listening. Until next time.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.